Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 176 of the Defrey Dad podcast. So buying a home is a significant milestone, and it also can be a thrilling adventure. Now, whether you're a first-time home buyer or a seasoned home buyer, the process of finding and purchasing a property can be both exciting and overwhelming at the same time. From establishing your budget to searching for the perfect neighborhood and navigating the details of financing, there are numerous factors to consider along the way, especially in the current housing market. Now, today, I'm excited to invite my good friend and broker, Tara Meinholds, to the podcast. Tara has been in real estate for 17 years, and she has owned her own real estate brokerage for the last seven years. And based on the current housing market, I just wanted to bring her on to share her expertise, what's going on in the market, offer you guys some practical tips, and provide some valuable insights to help you navigate the home buying and selling process with more confidence. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experience the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial security. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom. Hey, how is everyone doing today? You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad. And as always, welcome to today's show. Remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. You can head over to balancedsense.com forward slash 176. That is B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S.com forward slash 176. So guys, I'm excited about today's show because uh, as you guys know, uh, or maybe you don't know, Uh, In all the years that I've been doing financial coaching and helping a lot of people save more money and get out of debt, one of the number one goals for a lot of people is to either buy a home, upgrade a home, but a home is one of the biggest assets that most of us will ever own. And it it typically is a top goal for most of us. And so I'm really excited to welcome Tara to the Debt-Free Dad podcast. Now, Tara's positive attitude, confidence, and excellent customer service helps her clients through the challenging an emotional process of buying or selling their most prized asset, which is their home. She prides herself on the quality of care she gives to each and every client. Tara currently resides in Delafield, Wisconsin, and she believes that staying current with market trends and inventory is of the utmost importance. Now, Tara's combination of experience and education covers several aspects of real estate, including sales, interior decorating, property staging, and management. And she acquired her real estate license in 2007 and loves that she has chosen a profession to be passionate about. Tara always has a smile on her face and you will not find an agent who will work harder for you. Tara, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are out there, so Tara is my agent. So she's the one who sold us our house. And uh, I would have to agree with everything that was in that one. Um, Even today, I will send Tara messages about things I'm doing to the house, things I can do to the house. It's been a little while because I haven't made any major improvements, but uh, she's always uh, right there. She even brings plants to me. Super fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that plant. I have not killed it. It's still alive. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm proud of you. All right. So a lot of news about real estate right now. And, you know, and for people who don't pay attention to the market, you know, it's easy to you know, look at headlines and look at the news or look at what friends and family are saying about it. And I think it's just really good to bring on an expert like you to kind of talk about like, what are you seeing 
and also answering some of the common questions that we typically get when it comes to home buying. And uh, in fact, in one of our groups, we actually asked, you know, when it comes to home buying and home purchasing and even selling, what are some things that are concerning you right now? Uh, one of the things like Amelia said is, uh, had asked in one of our groups, she says, what's happening in the market right now is what she's concerned about. Is it better to wait and continue to rent or jump in even with interest rates being up? Uh, Katie says she's currently renting. She's paying twelve dollars to $1,500 in rent. And she wants to know, is it worth it looking right now, even if you don't have a big down payment? So I guess my question in general, as we're getting started, Tara, is just, you know, what is your take on the market right now with everything that's going on? You know, interest rates are up. I mean, is is everything still inflated? Are you still having to outbid everyone to get anything? Like, where are we at right now, do you think? So honestly, the interest rates are up. Um, it did slow the market for a little bit, but um, it's still a super competitive market. Um, because of the low inventory, houses are still going above asking. We're seeing bidding wars. Um, houses are still moving quickly. And we're seeing offers with limited contingencies. Yeah. So how has, so with the higher interest rates, that hasn't changed really much of anything in your opinion right now? So I feel like it did slow down for a little bit, but there are so many buyers out there that they're just kind of playing the game. They're trying to get into a home, knowing that um, they can purchase the home. And when the interest rates do drop, um, they're going to build a refinance. Yeah. So when you get a buyer and let's talk about the buyers mm -hmm. first, and then we'll talk about people who may be selling. When you get a buyer yeah. who's coming into the market right now, because I know we just did this a couple years ago and there were some things that we talked about that surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if, if I'm a buyer and I'm coming into the market, what is shocking or I guess surprising most buyers right now, if they're not fully educated on what's happening in real estate right now? So, um, again, they have to realize that the market is still very competitive. Um, houses are moving quickly. So if they find something that interests them, they do have to get in there for a showing um, and, you know, get an offer in pretty quickly. Um, we're even seeing offers on the table, sight unseen. Um, so it's definitely a good idea to also keep your budget in mind, knowing that houses are going to go over listing, um, not looking at your top budget and maybe like a little bit below knowing that you're going to have to offer, you know, under listing. Yeah. Or overlisting. Yeah. So I want to just hit on that. When you you said people are putting in offers, what did you say? S S Sight unseen. Okay. So, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, so sometimes we see uh, houses go on the market and they don't have like a timeline of like, we're reviewing offers on Sunday or we're reviewing offers on Monday and they're reviewing offers as they come in and presenting them to the sellers right away. Um, if that's the case, then um, some people are offering just based on the pictures on MLS, sight unseen and submitting offers. So someone actually had asked that question in the group and they said, you know, are these cash offers or these offers that, you know, you, they're not even looking at the house. There's no contingencies whatsoever. They want to know, mm -hmm. like, is that gimmick? Like, or is that stuff really happening pretty regularly right now? It's really happening. Um, I've had quite a few cash buyers this year. Um, and I have also, you know, worked with some people from out of state that saw the pictures and they're willing to offer without seeing the home just because they are going so quickly that they can't make it in time 
um, to take a look. Um, yeah. As far as contingencies, it's true. I mean, um, we're seeing offers without home inspections again, sometimes without appraisals, um, no radon, things like that. At this time, like when there's offers on the table, a lot of the times the agent will you know, send out an email that says, give me your highest, cleanest offer. And when there's a number of offers on the table, they take the highest and cleanest offer. Wow. That's crazy. So again, I know as a real, <laughs> as reals are in a broker, there's only so much you can say, but I can say it, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever buy a house without home inspection. <laughs> that would scare the yeah. crap out of me. Is anybody like, have you heard of anybody like regretting that decision and finding out like there was a lot of stuff going on? So I've been lucky that none of my buyers that have bought without an inspection haven't like bought a house that they're like regretting. Right. Um, but there is different ways to go about asking for a home inspection without it seeing so harsh and without it seeing like it's not a good idea to, you know, accept the offer. If you have an offer that has um, no home sale contingency, so in some cases, I do have, you know, buyers that are either first time home buyers and they're a little bit hesitant or I have, you know, buyers that are not handy and they're single and they don't have help. And there's different things that you can write in an offer um, that isn't asking for, I guess it's asking for an inspection, but making it a little softer, like. Um, in some cases you are asking for a home inspection, but you're not saying you could like say that, um, you're, you won't ask for any repairs or you won't ask for a price reduction based on the home inspection that it's for your information only that way. Yeah. If, um, you find something on your inspection that is like, oh my gosh, I, I'm not going to be able to afford to replace the roof and do all these things. You still have the option to get out of the offer. Um, obviously, when it comes to a seller standpoint, you know, the least amount of contingencies usually wins. But in some circumstances, um, you know, a buyer really wants to make sure that they have an, a home inspection. And I would never recommend not having a home inspection. However, um, with the way the market is, all I can do is educate yeah. my buyers and say, this is what the offers that are being accepted have in them. Right. Um, and But I don't want to recommend that they don't have a home inspection. But I do have to tell them in this market, um, we're not seeing a lot of contingencies. So, yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's fair to say, like, if you're new to real estate and getting into a home, I mean, uh, an agent, a realtor is meant to be a fiduciary, essentially, you know, putting the buyer and the sellers first as opposed to themselves. So, yeah, I mean, you're there right. to educate, not to say, this is exactly what you should do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's very exactly. much like what my job is, you know, as a, as a financial coach, I'm a fiduciary. I'm not, I'm not here to say, this is exactly how you do it. We're here to just give you options and say, these are the pros and cons. Now you get to decide which way you want to go. Exactly. Um, and that's exactly what you have to do yeah. when writing an offer. It comes down to what the buyer wants in the offer and you can give your advice. But at the end of the day, it's, um, right. it's their contract. It's their offer. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, when you mentioned that, uh, that's exactly what we did with our home purchase. We had wrote it yeah. up that we want a home inspection, but we weren't going to like hold them liable for it. We just wanted to make sure we knew what was going on with it. So yeah, um, I'm not sure who recommended that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but you still protected yourself and Absolutely. you got right. home and um yeah you guys had a great offer yeah and it, and the home inspection was good and we knew exactly mm-hmm. what we were getting into and it was nothing major thankfully and and we were able to fix it kind of as that first year went on and um it was a good right. way to go about it so obviously buyers what's going on on the seller side is it like man this is like the best time in the world to be selling or what are sellers feeling right now when they're going to list their houses because i I have a couple members that just sold and they're like we got 40 some thousand dollars over asking i mean that's a Mm -hmm. pretty good day for those individuals so what's it like for the seller side right now anything surprising for them So I wouldn't say that anything is surprising for sellers. Um, I think like one of the things that they need to keep in mind that if they are purchasing and selling at the same time, that um, they need to be talking to their lender and, you know, finding out what their options are as far as financing without selling their home first or taking out bridge loans, that type of thing, because everything's happening, happening very quickly. And um, if they're looking to sell, but also buy and not have to find a place to rent in between or put their stuff in pods, you know, they need to make sure that they're using an experienced agent that can handle this transition. And they need to remember that the ball is in their court. Um, It is a seller's market. So I have had sellers that say, um, we're going to list our house. We want to close quickly. And, but we also want post occupancy. So, um, you know, having an agent that is going to kind of, um, put your seller situation out there, um, they're the agents that are going to get what is best for you in an offer, um, and work with your timelines. So I just had an offer close this morning and basically we did a quick close on their sale. Um, we closed in three weeks and now she has six weeks of post occupancy. So that gives her time to pack up, uh, move out and, you know, transition slowly into her new home that will be closing in, a, in the next couple of weeks. Um, the other thing about that is she now has that money in her hands from the closing and um, she can purchase her next home, having the funds to do so and not having to take out like the bridge loan and um worry about that so when you're doing something like that are they is that seller now having to pay like a like a rent or is that just part of the deal like they live in that house basically free or no cost so that really depends on you know the offer and how badly that buyer wants it um a lot of the post occupancies right now have been with no rent back fees um just because you know, the buyer really wants the house. And the nice thing is, um, as far as that goes, is when the buyer buys, you know, if they're closing in June, their first mortgage payment isn't going to be due until August. So they're not, it's a lot of times that post-occupancy is done before their first mortgage payment is due. Um, But usually the seller is still going to be responsible for utilities. And if there's HOA fees, um, and taxes and things like that. But it really depends on what they write up on the offer. But a lot of the offers that I'm seeing aren't requiring the seller to pay a rent back fee. Wow. That's so interesting. The market is just so interesting mm-hmm. right now. What What's changed? So, I mean, based on when we bought two years ago, it doesn't sound like much has really changed. <laughs> I think we've been having Actually, the same conversation. It was a lot easier. Was it really? Yeah. I so, think you guys bought at a good time because... 
I mean, you bought, you know, when the market started to go a little bit crazy, but yeah. um, now the inventory is even lower. So, I mean, it's getting, yeah, it's getting a so little are, bit. Are you finding a lot of sellers don't want to sell? Because obviously if they sell, they got to move someplace else and they're missing out and probably going to lose their lower interest rate or refi that they probably did. Is that absolutely, is, that's probably what's causing mm-hmm. the probably, low inventory. Yeah. yeah. Low inventory. Right. They're sitting cushy at their, you know, 3% interest rates and to be mm-hmm. able to go ahead and purchase another home and have, you know, the higher interest rate is, you know, deterring, especially when it comes to monthly payments. Right. Um, but again, a lot of sellers are like, okay, um, if they need, if they have a change of their situation, like yeah, they're having sure. a child, so they need a bigger house or they're retiring and they need a smaller house or they need to transfer out of state. I mean, these sales are going to happen regardless. And, you know, they need to keep in mind that they might be able to get what they're looking for right now. And they're finding the house of their dreams. And eventually they're going to be able to refinance when those rates come down. Right. And someone had actually asked that question. I, I'm sure, you know, you obviously can't get a definite answer, but they had said, you know, when do you feel rates will come down? Is there any talk of that in the market about when they're thinking that can happen or? So again, I can't predict the future. Come um, on, you can too. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Wish I could. So, um, but I have been, you know, staying on top of, you know, what other people are saying and they're saying that they're supposed to come down um, by the end of the year. And we're not saying where they were before. I don't think that we will ever see those interest rates again. Um, down in the twos, down in the threes. Like I, I don't foresee that ever happening. But um, they're talking maybe low fives or fives or, you know, in that kind of yeah. area. Yeah. And if I'm not we'll mistaken, see. that's kind of where they were back in like what, the early 2000s, even like mm-hmm. up until late 2000s, weren't they? Yep. Kind of in the mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of selling, uh, Cindy, one of my members actually had a question and this is actually just a good question based on the market. They were just saying, what, what is the best improvement that you can make if you're a seller looking to sell to, to get the best return on your money? And I guess my follow-up question is based on the market, doesn't even make any sense to even do it because houses are selling so quickly. I mean, I wouldn't be sticking a lot of money into homes. Um, a lot of times a buyer is going to come in and make the changes the way that they want to, you know, have the house. Yeah. Um, but paint goes a long way. First impressions are everything, you know, making the entrance to your home look nice, you know, planting flowers, making sure you clean and declutter, um, those types of things for sure. But, you know, obviously kitchens and bathrooms are the big ones. Um, but there's ways to update where you're not sticking a lot of money into it. I mean, just even updating the countertops and painting cabinets, things like that, where it makes your kitchen seem more up to date and fresher without doing a full renovation. So um, if you are looking to sell right away and you're not going to build it, enjoy the kitchen, see if there's things that you can do to update it without doing a full gut. Yeah. Yeah. And is that obviously that's something if I were to call you and said, Hey, I'm interested in selling, you would come over and you would go through all of what you would suggest based on what's going on right now. Correct. Is that something that you offer? Absolutely. I mean, with my background, um, with interior decorating, interior design, I get that quite a bit. Um, even down to paint colors, I'd be more than happy to come into the home and say, okay, like 
adding new countertops, changing out the backsplash, just painting the cabinets um, is going to add value and make your kitchen more presentable. Yeah, I absolutely do that for a lot of my clients. Yeah. So are there any, um, when it comes to mistakes, buyers and sellers are making, maybe we pick on the buyers first. Um, is there any mistakes right now that you feel buyers are, are making or maybe assumptions that they're making when they're getting ready to make a purchase? Honestly, I think that a lot of buyers aren't establishing a budget. Um, and they need to find out what they are pre-approved for. And again, keep in mind that they're probably going to have to offer above listing but they also need to um, really stick to a budget. So they're not purchasing a home and then finding out later that they can't afford it. Um, there's a couple of things that they can do to make sure that um, they are able to afford this. You know, a couple of things is if they do find a home, call their lender, tell them, this is the house I'm looking to buy. This is, you know, the purchase price I'm thinking about and have them figure out what their, um, mortgage will look like, including the taxes. Now we know the taxes and, you know, an average of the homeowner's insurance, you know, see if they can first afford that monthly payment and then have their agent find out the information on the house, you know, look into how old is the roof? How old is the windows? You know, how old are the mechanicals and have a ballpark figure of the things that are going to have to be replaced in the future and make sure that with the mortgage payments, that you're taking on, that you're going to be able to make those updates. Um, another thing is call the utility companies, find out what the seller's average bills are. And now you can sit down and figure out, this is what my mortgage is going to look like. This is what my utilities are going to look like. And this is the amount of money I'm going to have to stick into the home in the next year or next five years. And really stick to a budget because the last thing you want to do is live for a house. Yeah. Speaking my language, girl. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed I was not on your list to call me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? They should. <laughs> no, but for real, I think I, I would 100% agree. I, as someone who's worked with a lot of people when it comes to buying a home and all of a sudden they come to me, they say either we bought a home that was too expensive for us or it was the opposite, that the mortgage is fine, which for a lot of people it typically is. It's it's the mm -hmm. stuff that comes with the house that they just didn't figure into the budget. So the mm -hmm. repairs, the maintenance, the upkeep, and now all of a sudden that's the stuff that's causing the financial stress. It's not necessarily you know the insurance, the mortgage, and all that stuff. It's, it's the upkeep of the mm -hmm. house, right? Right. So right. I 100% agree. And the only other thing I would add that Tara – that Tara said is just, you know, it's great to get that information from your lender, but make sure you are comfortable with the mortgage and not just comfortable with what they tell you you can afford. Cause there's two different things there. I think too, you know, you, that's Absolutely. why it's 100% important that you have a budget that you're comfortable with because we were pre-approved. I don't think we, it was a little bit more than what we purchased for, but it wasn't a lot, but mm -hmm. you can get pre-approved for a lot more than say you really want to take on. So you just want to make sure Absolutely. you're careful in that area for sure. Mm -hmm. So can you, um, Talk a little bit, you, you got into this a little bit, but if I'm a buyer getting into this, what are some of the fees? What are some of the things to expect if I'm going through the home buying process? I put in an offer, what kind of money and things am I going to have to be concerned about? We talked about home inspections. We talked about appraisals, um, even putting money down as earnest money. You know, What are some of the things that you typically would need even to get a transaction going? 
So you definitely need your earnest money. Earnest money is typically, you know, a minimum of 1% of the purchase price. That's usually due within five days of your offer being accepted. Um, if you have an inspection, um, you're going to need to pay for that out of pocket. If you have radon testing, that's something else that comes out of pocket. Um, appraisals, the lender is going to cover the, you know, ask for the to be covered as well. And um, and then as far as like after the offer, you need to make sure that you have your money for your down payment. A lot of times they're also collecting the first year of insurance. Um, so, you know, just having that money up front and being prepared for it. The other thing is closing costs. I think that a lot of buyers, new buyers that come into the market are like, oh, this is what I have for my down payment. They need to also factor in that their closing costs, depending on their lender, are typically going to be another 3% of um, the purchase price. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I'm getting ready to make a purchase on a house, someone had asked this question and it, I just thought of it as you were answering that question. What do I do first? Do I go talk to a lender first or do I start going to look at houses first? Please talk to your lender first. <laughs> <laughs> now explain you why. Explain. I, I, think you, I think you already explained why answering some of these previous questions, but I just want to be clear. If you're a new buyer, this is important. So why, why should you talk to a lender first before you go look at a house? So you definitely want to make sure that, first of all, you are able to get pre-approved. No one wants to waste a seller's time, their own time and agent's time. And then the other thing is, you know, a lot of people, there's different calculators online where they put in their income and they, you know, can put in some numbers and they'll say, oh, you can afford this. And um, the worst thing you can do is, you know, think that you can afford a $500,000 house and you start looking at $500,000 houses yeah. and then you go get pre-approved and realize that um, you're only pre-approved for 300,000 because of, you know, a number of different things that could play out. And I'm sorry, but once you look at a $500,000 house, those $300,000 houses just aren't as pretty. Mm -hmm. Talk about breaking your own heart. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. That is tough. So when it comes to uh, like financial preparedness, you know, when it's through the lending process, where do you see people getting stuck on getting pre-approved? Where is it, you know, credit scores? Is it debt to income ratio? I know I, I recently did, I shouldn't say recently, this is months ago, I did a TikTok on this and, and a, an agent uh, had commented on one of my videos and said one of the number, I'm sorry, not an agent, a loan officer had commented on one of my videos and said one of the number one reasons why they can't get people approved is because of high car payments um, yep. for, for a home. So I'm just curious yep. what, in your experience, and obviously I know you're not a lender, uh, but you mm -hmm. obviously hear it and I'm sure you're communicating with these lenders. What are you hearing as to why a lot of people aren't getting approved if they want to get into a home? I mean, there's a number of factors that, you know, um, play in when you are getting pre-approved. Um, you have your credit score, um, you know, kind of keep an eye on your credit and, you know, look at uh, different things that you can dispute. Make sure you are paying your payments on time. Um, and then you do have your debt to income ratio, which is pretty significant for some people. Start paying down credit cards. Start paying down loans. I mean, student loans play a big factor. Um, and then I, I see that a lot where people don't even think about like their student loans or their car loans, but they do play, you know, a big factor. Um, another thing is work history. Um, 
most lenders are going to require you to be at a job for at least two years before they'll uh, approve you. So make sure that um, you're not switching jobs and everything during this time frame. Yeah. So we bought our house and we financed it with no credit score. Were we, were, were we the first people you ever did that with? Yes. Huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many customers have you had yeah. since you started in 2007? I mean, just take a guess. Hundreds probably, right? Yeah. Thousands I, I maybe. Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we did it with no credit yeah, score. Honestly, uh, no credit score is usually typically worse than bad credit. Um, <laughs> it is when it comes to like the lending process. It's I feel like it's easier for some people to get, you know, a loan based on having bad credit than no credit. Um, yeah. But it you know comes down to. Are you making your payments on time and things like that? So now, how um, crazy did you think we were when we when we did this? What did you think about it? I'm just you could be honest. I don't care. You're probably like you guys without having a whole lot of no credit, credit? score, no FICO score. <sighs> I didn't know what was going to happen. Honestly, um, but I know you, and I know that you're determined, and <laughs> we made it happen. We did make it happen. It was a, it was a longer yeah, it process. Was, yeah, it, it was a little bit more um, involved as far as like documentation and yeah. you know providing everything yeah. to make sure that your loan could be backed up. Um, but we did it. Yeah, the underwriting. Yeah, the underwriting takes a little bit longer. If you're interested, we did a whole Absolutely. podcast episode on this back in. I don't know the numbers. Back in 2021, if you go on our website, you can look under the years. It's two, 221. I die, I pretty much just put it out there how we did it with no credit score. And uh, obviously, we have a credit score now because <laughs> I have a mortgage. Yes, I have a uh, mortgage. So, <laughs> yeah, the credit score came back. But uh, it is possible. You can do it. It's a little bit harder, but uh, you can definitely do it. Mm -hmm. uh, my last question for you, and I didn't give you this one, so uh, we'll see. We'll see, okay. how, we'll see how you do. But <laughs> All right, so if, if I'm getting ready to sell or buy... And I want to look for an agent. What are the things that I should be looking for to make sure I got a good one? Honestly, interview agents. Um, ask for referrals. Ask you know friends and family who they used and why they liked them and if they did a good job. Um, look at reviews on social media and you know on Google that type of thing. Um, but I think using a full-time realtor in this market is um, definitely something that you should be doing because of how quickly the houses are going. You know, if a house hits the market, is this agent able to get you into the home quickly? And if they're not, do they have a team that, you know, has a backup plan that someone else can get you into the home? Um, but I think a lot of it is experience. I yeah. mean, does this person know the market? Does this person have experience in the market? Does this experience, does this agent um, know what's getting accepted in offers? Um, there's a lot of new agents out there right now. And um, this might not be the market to yeah. be taking the gamble. I would totally agree. I, I would say, cause there's just no way. I mean, it is for me, there's just way too much stuff. Even just in this conversation, we just did this two years ago. I mean, there's stuff that you've brought up that I'm just like, there's just things that you wouldn't think of. And if you're working with a new agent or maybe an agent who's got a full-time job and doing this on the side, it's like, how do you, how does, how does one even keep up with how fast right. everything's moving? It, uh, yeah. Yeah. I would totally be right on board with that. Find someone who's full-time, does it full-time and it's all they do. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, mm -hmm. I think that's the only way you can compete really. Absolutely. 
Well, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to put uh, Tara's information. Obviously, you're, you're uh, licensed here in Wisconsin, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we will put your information. If you're in Wisconsin, I know we got a lot of Wisconsin listeners and you're looking for a great realtor. You can go to my website, uh, go to balancesense.com forward slash 176. Tara's information will be there. You can give her a call. I have used her. She is fantastic and uh, you will not be disappointed. So uh, thank you so much, Tara. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. So the Totally Awesome Debt Freedom Planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances. Whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning, and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together, this planner is perfect for you. Head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page, and order your Debt Freedom Planner today. That means it's time for the celebrations of the show, and let's talk about some debt, because today we are celebrating how much debt people have paid off using the debt snowball, which we talk about often on the Devery Dad podcast. We're going to be kicking off with Robbie Donahue. Robbie says, I paid off a little over $12,000, and I've saved, in addition, about $4,000. So $16,000 since starting the, pri- or the, the process. Robbie, that is awesome. Congratulations to you. Uh, Daniel Elwell and Lori, his wife, 14 months they started Roots. Lori and I have paid off and saved $108,802.77. He says, I love the day that we found Roots, and that is so awesome. Those guys have been working so hard. They are on the verge of becoming debt-free outside of their mortgage And uh, what a great place to be. They put in a lot of hard work. So congratulations to you guys. Aaron Hood says, I paid off $11,700 in debt using the snowball. And my emergency fund has $6,400 in it now. Aaron, that is incredible. And I'm sure you feel really, really good about that progress. Great job. Gina Christie, I have paid off around $36,000 in the last 16 months since joining Roots. I've also saved about $1,600 in my emergency funds and using sinking funds as well. Gina, incredible. And I always say, Gina, consistency has just been the best thing for her. She shows up, she does the work, and 36 grand is what she's paid off now in just 16 months. That is incredible. So congratulations to you. And last but not least, we have a brand new member just getting started, Normandy Bryant. And I love Normandy because she's excited and attitude is everything. She says, I joined this past month and I already have saved $100 in my savings and I've already paid $500 extra on my credit cards. Normandy, you are doing fantastic right out of the gate. I love that you're taking action. Those are some fantastic wins. So congratulations to you. Hey, and congratulations to all of you guys who are working so hard at reducing financial stress and getting out of debt. It is going to be the best work that you ever do in your life. Hey, if you're just getting started with our podcast or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, go visit our website at balancesense.com and sign up for my free Life Without Payments workshop where I'm gonna show you the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people just like you and I kick financial stress and worry for good. 
Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Brad Nelson Debt-Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, visit balancedsense.com. That's balancedsense, C-E-N-T-S, dot com. Catch you next week.